Thank you for your patronage. You are making our strong realm even stronger. All right, my shift is finally over. I can return to the castle. Ah, 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 not, not so fast there, Goliath. Where do you think you're going? Uh, my, my shift is over. It is time for me to return to my home. Uh, I know your shift is over, but I need you to pitch in a couple extra hours. We gotta uh, do inventory. We're getting audited tomorrow, and you're the only one who can reach the top shelves. Uh, I'm terribly sorry, but I, I cannot tarry any longer. And look at all those muddy footprints you left. You always leave them for Dennis to clean up. Leaving home as early as you do. Not this time. I apologize for my unkemptness. I will improve it in the future. But I must away now before the sun rises. We all pull our own weight here, Goliath. I don't want to hear anything about it more or else you're out of here. I have spent three years serving the Burger Lord, serving you, and serving these wonderful people. And I must leave now or there will be terrible consequences. You'll only see terrible consequences if you trust my patience any farther, Goliath. Now go get the mop, not the yellow one, the red one. I must away. I must meet up with my compatriots immediately. Now, I, I don't want to hear about any of your teenage gangs, Goliath. You're staying here until it's all done. You must swallow your pride, Goliath. You are working in the world of these humans, and you must tread lightly. Do what they say. Find a small place to hide in, until the dusk. And then... Take your leave. Very well, sir. I honor and obey your requests. Hey, look at that. You get an extra little bonus staying here. You get to watch the sun come up. <coughs> Goliath? Goliath? I think my accent was really inconsistent for most of that. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It turns out pretty well, even if we're not planning it as well as uh, Xanatos would. The uh, the idea of Goliath being subservient to a human. <laughs> like wearing <laughs> one of those stupid little aprons. Serving the Burger Lord. Serving the Burger Lord. <laughs> Squire to the Burger Lord. <laughs> no, Ben, after only three years, you're just a page. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure you don't have any clue how it works. What if there were knights of Burger King and like <laughs> just riding out along the countryside <laughs> handing out burgers? The king's taxes. <laughs> um okay. Uh let's let's start. Um hello everyone. Uh my name is Ben and I'm Zane. And this is the Carton Cast where we review old cartoons and see what we think of them. Now that we're adults. The Carton cast. For many nights we've prowled the skies, watching silently at the cartoons down below. <laughs> Especially <laughs> Hudson. Yeah. <laughs> um, he, he watches cartoons constantly. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Is... What was it? The pack? Yeah. Um, yeah, so today we're watching Gargoyles. Yeah, a show with a lot of nice little touches like that. 
Not not to mention like a pretty huge cult following. Um, Zane, you want to give us the breakdown? Sure. Um, so Gargoyles was made by Disney. So it's Disney's Gargoyles. Oh, pardon me. It was made by Disney and Buena Vista TV, and it ran from 1994 to 1997. And it uh, it continued as a comic in 2006 until 2009. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the main contributors to the show in terms of uh, the plot lines and the allusions to Arthurian legend and Shakespeare was uh, Greg Wiseman, who had been an English teacher. Um, and it, apparently he drew inspiration for the show from Shakespeare, but also from Disney's Adventures of the Gummy Bears, which he just thought was top-notch. Yeah, so this was made by Disney. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it features gargoyles in a decaying cityscape wherein people die on a pretty regular basis. Yeah. And they do it pretty damn good. It's, like, you know, it's a this very... This is a well-deserved cult following, is it not? I think the only reason that it's not a more mainstream following is because it's hard to jump in unless you're starting at the beginning. Yeah, um, this is my bad, but uh, we <laughs> tend to try to do shows that you can jump in any point. I didn't really research this one ahead of time. Um, <laughs> you can't really jump into this one any at any point. Nothing will make sense. They do things in pretty big plot arcs, and although there's some consistency to those arcs, it you're really better off just starting right from the very beginning, which you won't mind doing because it's sick-ass awesome. <laughs> yeah, and I would agree. I would say, like, um, you know, any given episode, even if it seems more like a one-off, will have a couple of tie-ins to the overarching plot. Mm -hmm. So it's really cool if you're watching them, like, when they first come out or if you're, like, binge-watching them. But if you're skipping around, there's a lot that you just kind of have to take on faith. Yeah, yeah. True. Um, but, you know, that's okay. Like, it's one of those shows that you can you can just watch for the tone. Um, mm. The plots, well, we'll, we'll talk about them when we get to Xanatos. <laughs> relevant aspect of the plot, any right. of the plots. Um, but yeah, there's a, there's a pretty big fan base behind this. Uh, the last thing that we did with this harder heart fan base was probably He-Man. And this was... I mean, this wasn't as big as He-Man was because it wasn't such a uh, a marketing ploy. Right. But it was a decade later, so it was in that Renaissance age of animation, which was, you know, where some of our stu favorite stuff came from. Yeah, and they could be a bit more uh, free-spirited with the violence and the action. Oh, yeah. Like, this is very darkly... T like, this is probably darker than Darkwing Duck, right? <laughs> That's actually not that high a bar. <laughs> I guess not. I don't know, man. They they shot bullets and stuff. You know, I I felt like it had a lot of similarities to uh, Batman Beyond in terms. This of was its tone. as dark as Batman Beyond should have been. It. I, I think we'll get to it, but there's a lot of parallels to Batman, especially with the main character. But oh. let's discuss like what the show's about. Okay. Uh, do you want to take this one? Sure. It's it's a complicated premise, but it's pretty engaging. <laughs> yeah, this is not a King Arthur and Knights of Justice that can be summed up in one admittedly awkward and confusing sentence. <laughs> like this one requires a bit of a setup and knowledge pre-existing pre knowledge yeah. of a few different characters. Like most shows, you have an intro episode. Like even Samurai Jack had a three-episode intro arc, or you know Jimmy Neutron three-episode intro a movie. arc. What are they pressed for time? Yeah, this one's got like five. This one's a 
it's part uh, the uh, the awakening part five and when i saw that i it just kind of clicked i'm like oh geez you're you're in it for the long haul <laughs> yeah you've made a commitment to gargoyles <laughs> You, you know, watch as soon as the sun goes down until the sun comes up Make again. Make sure your eyelids are open and ne- facing gargoyles when the sun comes up. <laughs> right. Because you're going to be watching it for a while. So the eponymous gargoyles um, originally live in medieval Scotland, and they failed to repel this band of invaders. Uh, yeah. Their princess was captured, and the magus, in his grief, turned the gargoyles, whom he blamed, into stone, mm. quote-unquote, until the castle rised above the clouds, which is just the way they talk in this show. <laughs> Who do you think made that spell? Um, Medusa? Percy? I don't know. Somebody. <laughs> like, what, what What kind of condition is that to fulfill? Is that yeah. like one of those loophole things? Like, no, no, you can totally get out of it, but you gotta be here on this day, w- facing westward with an umbrella and ducky suit. It's like, it's like one of those oracle things, like, oh, you will stand until ships go across the land. And it's like, okay, oh, well, yeah. we found a way to do that. <laughs> just, just Nostradamus garbage. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, when the mountains meet the sea and a cat and dog become one. <laughs> so, um, the prophecy kept them as stone for a thousand years. Um, and 1,000 exactly. And then modern entrepreneur David Xanatos moved them to on top of his New York City skyscraper. Evil Bruce Wayne. <laughs> presumably because it looked more baller. You know what? It actually is not because of that. I don't know if you watched the whole Awakening thing. I did. He, I did. Okay. He had a reason. He did have a reason. As you can just assume that he's got a reason. <laughs> yeah. Even if it's not apparent, like the lack of apparency in why he would be involved just lends credit to the fact that he's definitely involved. Yeah. And like I think the amount it's obvious that he's involved is inversely proportional to the amount he's actually involved. I think it's one of those things where they continue to expound upon it if we had the patience to watch the entire series, which is not going to happen. But no, I, I don't have the patience for it, but the, the, the desire is there, sort of. I mean, if I had to watch the entire series of any show that we've done, it would probably be this one. Um, yeah. Just because there's yeah. so much there, and there's so much more to be gained if you stick it through. Yeah, and, and you know, macroscopic uh, allegiance aside, it's it's also just fairly, fairly compelling episode to episode, and uh, just pleasant through and through. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, that's the basic plot well actually not even we're not even there yet um, <laughs> that's that's the first plot arc xanatos builds this castle in the clouds and because there are gargo- our gargoyles now above the castle in the clouds the spell expires and they come back to life in modern new york right yeah and you know a, a big point of the series is you know a can we ever trust humans again and so they you know, deal with that. It, they try to understand the nature of this new world. Yeah. B, B, can we adapt to modern life? Yeah. And mm. then they also have to adapt to some other weird stuff like, uh, you know, evil spirits and gods and stuff like that. So there's a yeah. whole lot of world building that's done in this show, but I feel like they introduce it very well. Um, so I wanted to talk a little bit just about uh, gargoyles in general. Yeah, I have some go- uh, some gargoyle facts. Ooh, excellent. <laughs> um, so do you want to lead in with some of that? Um, sure. And uh, the main thing that I want to mention is the etymology. Okay. So a gargoyle is a carved stone water spout that looks like a face. Yeah, I know. 
Oh, this is the actual definition. Yeah. Okay, great. Uh, and the name comes from gargouille, meaning throat. <laughs> okay. Uh, but the generic term for a carved stone face is a grotesque. What? Yeah. It's derived from grotto, meaning cave. And so the gargoyle is just happens to be the one that's also serving a function as a water spout. Can you, like, imagine some, like, asshole cop coming up to one of them and being like, oh, you're grotesque, and, you know, <laughs> medieval sensibilities that and That is Goliath. technically just, accurate. Like, Thank you. Well... <laughs> you finally well, notice. Well, here's the thing. Um, these char- Because these characters don't serve as water spouts, um, and they're Sometimes full they figures that are frequently shown squatting, mm-hmm. the precise term for these characters is, <laughs> you're going to love this, hunky punks. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Which would make it a very different show. Broadway is hunky, and Lecti- Lexington's sort of punky. Yeah. I guess Brooklyn's a little bit more punky. These are the names of the characters, everyone. <laughs> yeah, they didn't have names, and then they showed up in New York, and they're like, what, do you have to name everything in the future? Yeah. Does the river have a name? Yeah. yeah it's the Hudson. <laughs> All right. I'll Dibs. be the Hudson. <laughs> Dib, mine. Dibs. <laughs> Sounds pretty good. Tried I'm and gonna- true. I'm going to go ahead and sit down on the chair for a few seasons. <laughs> yeah. He retires immediately. <laughs> He's had a long run. So they all wake up. It's a thousand years in the future. Fuck it. Done. <laughs> I got nope. a thousand nope, years nope, of nope, TV nope, nope. to catch up on. <laughs> oh, my God. I've missed a thousand years of Xena Warrior Princess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let the hunky punks take care of the whole, you know, human interaction thing. <laughs> um, Street gangs. Oh, but the reason that you usually see multiple gargoyles together is because they're water spouts, and you want to reduce the amount of water that has to go down any particular water spout. Okay. Yeah, that that makes sense, like prevent erosion. Oh, also, Um, when there's mm -hmm. not a water spout function, the term for the grotesque is a chimera or a boss. (laughs) Both of those appeal to me for very different reasons. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so... The last time I've been scared by gargoyles is probably in, and this isn't a precise example, but that one exep- episode of Doctor Who, the oh, Weeping Angels. Yeah, I don't think I ever saw that. That's like the go-to episode for trying to get new people into Doctor Who, just because it's so creepy. Mm-hmm. It's called Blink, if anyone's interested. It was during David Tennant's run, so it's it's pretty it's pretty good. I don't know. I feel like... The reason that gargoyles are so scary is because they're made of stone. And, you know, it's like, oh, how do I hurt them? They're made of stone. But these doesn't, ones doesn't really aren't. work in this one. Yeah, these ones aren't. <laughs> or no. rather, when they are made of stone, they are not mobile. And when they are mobile, they are not made of stone. Yeah, no. And, and also, I just kind of don't find gargoyles in general scary. Like, what is it? Like a CR3 or something? They're just... Well, that's They're just... not the... <laughs> In every setting that I see gargoyles, I see more epic fantasy stuff uh-huh. to the point at which they're kind of mundane. Well, that's kind of what I liked about this this show. You know, vampires have been done to death. Zombies have been done to death. Gargoyles, there's fertile ground there. Which is strange that it hasn't been... I don't know what the appeal is in gargoyles that it is getting lost in... Uh, you know, in 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 that generation, like this was the only show with gargoyles. Yeah, I'm shocked nobody like picked up on it. But do you think? Do you think it was just like harder to make movies about because it's kind of a bitch to do the prosthetics? Um, 
I don't know. I don't know what the, what the issue was. Vampires and zombies is face paint, and then you're done. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's because, um, you know, there's there's a more established lore in terms of what the vampires, like, what their powers are and all that stuff. Yeah. Gargoyles, it's like, you know, they were never really the classic monster. What, were they kind of... What what kind of... What, what cultural sphere did they kind of... Uh, pervade i'm gonna guess scotland yeah i'm gonna guess that too but like (laughs) maybe if it's just like farther removed from societies that the u.s is like familiar with it's possible Um, i don't know it and but i think you know the fact that they're less familiar is one reason why their power level seems to fluctuate wildly in this show yeah they're they're as strong as they need to be yeah. For, for for the sake of the plot. So, um, like, yeah, like, sometimes they shrug off bullets, sometimes they don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and, and that that's one of those details to a show with a fantastic element that you can really just kind of just brush to the side. Sure. But that, you know, uh, in general, they're more durable and stronger, uh, quite a bit stronger, mm-hmm. and can glide through the air, not fly. But glide. I feel like I see them flying sometimes. So do I. But are you a gargoyle? How would how would you know what gliding no, and flying no, is? No, I am not. No, no, you're not. <laughs> uh, so let's talk about the the gargoyles a bit in yep. depth. Yep. Uh, um, most of them are just kind of you know bit characters. Oh, he's the smart one. Oh, he's the brutish one. You know. Yeah, they, they get they get a good amount of personalized screen time, and and we'll get to them like a little bit. But let's just hit the highlights. I think. The main highlight, of course, is Goliath. Yeah. He's the only one who originally had a name. Yeah, which Which is awesome. Tells you how badass he is, first of all. Uh Uh-huh. And, yeah, he's he's the leader of the Gargoyles from a thousand years back, and appropriately responsible at that. Oh, yeah. He is, like, he is incredibly aware of the relationship between humans and Gargoyles, and he, like... Like, he always stops the gargoyles from, like, trying to hurt the humans or from, like, even doing anything that could be interpreted as violent. Like, he's, he's very... cautious. He's very... He's he's extremely cautious and he's paranoid. He's bitten twice shot... Probably, like, thrice shy by now. <laughs> he's been betrayed by gargoyles, by humans. He's been... Like, the consequences of those actions, partially his, is that he was locked in stone a thousand years and his entire species was almost eradicated. Yeah. Like, of course he's cautious. Yeah, the stakes absolutely. are super high for him. <laughs> um, and over the course of the series, he he grows a bit. He becomes less interested with revenge and more interested in like protecting innocent humans. Yeah, yeah. Which you know, he the, the one of the gargoyle functions is like they're basically tied to their castle and are yeah. just defending it. They're, you know, the whole uh, scary face to ward off intruder thing is is definitely in effect here. And in fact, uh, shortly after they were created for the water spout function, they took on the function of acting as like scarecrows for evil spirits. Mm-hmm. Which you know, then you got to think about how effective the robot gargoyles are, <laughs> <laughs> and like get rid of those robot spirits. Just have them do like the Godzilla roar. <laughs> that that's pretty scary. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, he's not that scary just to talk to, other than his imposing size. Seems like a nice guy. He's, I think, did he go to finishing school? He must have. Because he's, like, so well-spoken. He considers everything. He takes multiple sources into account. And he he really doesn't let the, his rage get the better of him most of the time. 
and it's it's a little hard to watch because one of the central conflicts is him trying to figure out what the right thing to do is, but he has so little information, like so little context that he's usually not able to do that very effectively. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he he's doing the best with what he can. <laughs> like like he he only has a few reliable sources of information around him and they're other gargoyles. He's not like great counsel. <laughs> right. But it it can be fun to watch him misunderstand how the modern world works. <laughs> yeah. Like uh, uh like when Xanatos is put away but only for like 6 months, Goliath says like he has been defeated. And he's like <laughs> still thinking it was like a simpler time. Like, yeah, back in the Middle Ages if you get captured, you're done. But it's yeah. like he'll pay a fine and be back soon. <laughs> At best you are dead. <laughs> <laughs> At best they remember you as you were. Yeah, he's also like I want to stress this. He's the pivot point for all of all of the gargoyle ecology in the present. Without him, all the gargoyle, all the other gargoyles are dead. I'm willing to say. Um, I have one counterpoint to that, which is I did see one episode where he has a "It's a Wonderful Life" moment and experiences life as if he never existed, but was actually a human. Weird. And I think only one of the gargoyles dies. I want to live, Clarence. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> um, that's that's nuts. Yeah, the later no. the later episodes get kind of confusing, but and and maybe even jumping the shark. But I think that has <laughs> more to do with the fact that I had very little context jumping in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and you know, like I, I'll I'll be willing to say I only watched like six or seven episodes, and they were all at the beginning because they had to be. Yeah. And the plot did not get very far. <laughs> I, like, I it was decided, cool, but I, not I jumped, a lot got resolved. I jumped into a few later ones, and um, you know they they try and clue you in with like the last time on gargoyles. Yeah, but it's like it's not DBZ where okay they were fighting. It's like it's like a Bacano plot. Why are they in Norway? When did Goliath get a daughter? What's the Eye of Odin? Nothing makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, did did you want to say anything else about Goliath? I mean, he's um, a necessary character and pretty cool in his own right. Yeah, but I didn't find him that like thematically impressive. No, like I said, I got kind of a Batman vibe from him. He might be a little bit bat classic Batman, Bruce. Batman. Well, yeah, <laughs> Bruce Light. <laughs> yeah, Bruce exactly. Heavy, I guess <laughs> arguable. You know, he he deals with the betrayal both of you know from the humans as well as from uh, one of the one of the gargoyles, Demona. No, yeah, I mean yes, but I don't like that name. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a caller Frida. And then there's this whole like manipulation plot, and then he has a daughter, Angela, and like yeah. So he and his cronies are not the Manhattan so much- clan. The Manhattan clan, they're not so much their own society as they are pawns. They're doing their best not to be pawns, but it's kind of inevitable. It is inevitable because we have a villain, well, sort of, who's a, who is such a mastermind at manipulating people that the plan that like overly complicated plans that ultimately benefit you were named after him. <laughs> right, the uh, Xanatos Gambit. Exactly. If uh, obviously TV tropes tie in, this is the guy who it was named for. 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, and we'll talk about it, but let's talk about Xanatos. Okay. Uh, Xanatos is voiced by Jonathan Frank, uh, Jonathan Frakes, who played Commander Riker on Star Trek. Okay. I don't recognize the voice. Uh, well, I like Well, it. you do recognize the evil in his voice. Yeah, he, he only struck me as, like, mildly villainous, to be, to be honest. To begin with. He, mm. well, that's the thing. He's connected to a lot of things that don't seem like they should be connected to him. Right. So he, he's the billionaire who made this ridiculous castle in the center of Manhattan just to <laughs> prove how big his dick was. <laughs> and he's this mildly villainous corporate mastermind who truly expended fortunes to move this castle brick by brick to bring gargoyles to life. And now he has the perfect team of super soldiers slash shock troops because he knows that the gargoyles nature bind them to the castle. But then they immediately, you know, turn on him. But that was his plan all along. And then he secretly cloned them. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. And, but the clones were really just to test the original Gargoyle's abilities. And in fact, they were just playing into his hands the whole time. And then he created a hit TV show seemingly months in advance just to lure them into a trap. But then <laughs> yeah, again, and, like, the, he was fine with it anyway. The show didn't do great, but that was for its eventual revival and cult popularity, which only few th- further fuels his fame. Yeah, like... This he, is the kind of shit that he pulls he, almost every time. He wins. <laughs> he just wins. <laughs> He's just the best. Yeah, like if you ever have a question in the show, it's like who's gonna who's gonna come out on top? Xanatos. I he planned for the episode to happen. I didn't um I didn't check out what the ending of the series looks like, but I'm pretty sure he like gets off scot free at the end anyway. <laughs> Yeah, he just master he just masturbates on a pile of gar- gargoyle corpses. I assume. <laughs> um, but you know, <laughs> you know what I noticed? For mm. somebody who's so smart, he sure stands in front of a lot of guns. Yeah, like yeah. that seems like a huge oversight. Yeah, I. You might even be able to like try to pull the his arrogance as his fatal flaw, but it's really not. Like it's just he needs to be in the shot because he's one of the main characters, mm-hmm. and you can't be in the shot without being in front of guns. Sure. But uh, this is sort of a Long John Silver moment where even though he's the antagonist, I love it when he <laughs> does everything. Like, I love it when he reveals that he was behind everything. Oh, sure. He takes off, you know, the helmet. He was the he was the robot gargoyle <laughs> all along. He was Hudson the whole time? <laughs> no way. Xanatos was a hologram? What is <laughs> happening? Xanatos was Odin? <laughs> Yeah, this that could happen, and this that's conceivably could happen in the show. Yeah, I I would immediately believe anything involving this character. Yeah, and you know what's gonna happen, and you're like, this is so obvious that he he's behind it somehow, but you have no clue how that is. Yeah, and when he says I was behind everything, you're like, that was sick. <laughs> I feel like they do the episode and then retcon like like come up with an idea of how he wins from it after the fact. Yeah, it's like Quentin Tarantino is his character. And everyone just kind of builds around him. <laughs> it's like, this is what I will have done by the end of the episode. Make a tangential plot. <laughs> okay, boss. <laughs> oh, yeah, he does have Odin working for him, doesn't he? Or I'm no? Not Puck. sure. I was reading some lore on it, and it gets pretty weird. His butler is apparently a god who, like, offers Xanatos a wish or his uh, immortal servitude and he chooses the immortal servitude <laughs> so because he wants an immortal as his valet <laughs> so it's not often that Ben and I both watch a show 
and are knowledgeable about completely different plot lines. <laughs> <laughs> that just proves how much shit goes on in this show. Yeah. And, and they take their time with it. Oh, yeah. That's, again, why you gotta really just plod through these. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this is why we haven't really had this approach to these shows before, because we generally pick things that can be contained within an episode. <laughs> I feel and like we've just... gone, like, so far past the line with this one. Yeah, this one, we really should have stretched beforehand with, like, two-part episode things. Yeah. Man, oh, what well. are we thinking? But, yeah, Xanatos the... is great. He's got this awesome little goatee. He's super handsome and debonair. Oh, yeah. Like, he looks like a, he looks like a warlock. Like, a modern-day warlock. Because that's kind of what he is. I was trying to think of a good analog in, like, the Marvel-verse or something. Because he's, like, sort of Iron Man-esque. But he's Loki-ish, I think. He, nah, like, who's that cool and collected, but also a mastermind? Like, mm. I, I think maybe Light Yagami from Death Note is an okay example. But he doesn't have any L to counterpoint him. I mean, um, like you said, this is this guy, like, his name is Synonymous. <laughs> his name is Synonymous with confusing plan that ensures victory um so goliath and xanatos their triangle is rounded out by detective elisa maza mm -hmm. um and so she is you know showing the good side of humanity yeah do you think that xanatos i'm sorry to talk about xanatos again but please do what does he show it was his plan all humanity? along <laughs> he knew it was coming uh, what do you think he shows about humanity because I don't I, think it's evil necessarily. It's not evil. It's kind of, it's the logical extension of favoring, you know, the things that modern Americans favor. Could you could you explain that? He is he is like um he's like Donald Trump, I guess. <laughs> uh, okay, fine. Just unrestrained I'll, ambition. I'll follow you down here. <laughs> Maybe not. He he's just unrestrained <laughs> ambition and power and wanting more. Like he's okay. the want, and the things that Goliath wants are so much. You know, they're so much simpler. He just wants peace and he wants family. And that's the same kind of thing that Detective Maza wants. But then Goliath and Xanatos also have this sort of, you know, mentality of success. They're they're interested in combat. They have this code. So Sure. But the difference is that Xanatos is willing to do anything. Like, it's, it's uninhibited greed. Sure. And Goliath... He's going to try to succeed within his rules. He doesn't try to kill people just because. Yeah. So there are these there are these interesting situations that pop up where, you know, Goliath has to choose between, you know, do I do this thing that feels right that I would do if this was a thousand years ago, but probably wouldn't work out nowadays? <laughs> do I side with Xanatos even though I know he's evil? Um, or do Which I... Which of course you do, whether or not you know it. Oh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> or do I side with the, t the detective, but might, you know, out my clan as, you know, existing and also get on Xanatos' bad side, which we is not a side you want. We have a great intro with Xanatos setting up ridiculously convoluted events. Yeah, I want to see, <laughs> see that flowchart. Yeah. <laughs> um, if, if I make a TV show in the 90s, there'll be a podcast about it. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I guess let's talk about Elisa Massa. So Mata. I, I like her. So generally in sci-fi and fantasy, um, you have an outsider character, somebody that can have things explained to them to familiarize the audience with the setting. Mm. And what I like about Detective Maza is sometimes 
she is the outsider, and Goliath is explaining, oh, this is the way that the fantasy creatures work, this is how, you know, the gargoyles work, and sometimes she's the one explaining it. Oh, this is how New York works, this is how the modern world is. So it's really neat, because that's always been my favorite part of sci-fi and fantasy is like the world building and how they explain it oh like i feel like they just have osmosis yeah the cultural osmosis and i feel like they just have so much of it the fire fire upon the deep did that really well yeah it got a little troublesome toward the end well i'm just talking about humans versus time oh not versus but those two races like learning about each other at a distance with limited information that's so so -hmm. detective yeah she uh she is a lot like Karen Murphy from the Dresden Files. Yeah, I agree. I got I got a very similar vibe. I mean, basically because she kicks ass and she's a woman cop. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe not as much in personality. Um, well, she she's always not as harsh. She as always looks Murphy. for the good in people. Um, yeah, and she tries to show Goliath the good in people, which is tricky because he's only awake at night yeah and how many good people come out at night that's that's an interesting thing yeah it's uh the odds are kind of against him intrinsically aren't they i mean aren't they always he's the perpetual underdog yeah agreed yeah i have one other thing i one other thing about uh alisa masa okay whose name i can't pronounce those s's and those z's yeah it's bothered me (laughs) it's bothersome it's bothersome the uh the thing about her is that it sort of ref- the amount of screen time she gets sort of reflects on her low status in this fantasy fantasy slash billionaire tycoon sort of uh, mm-hmm. uh she's uh, just rivalry. caught in the middle kind of thing she's a little bit caught in the middle she's more played as a foil to Xanatos mm-hmm. I guess but the thing is that she's so much less. Com- not really less compelling a character than Xanatos, but less unique of a of a person. Sure, uh, are, the viewers like, are not going to be that interested in her making dinner and fighting with her mom. They're absolutely yeah. going to be interested with Xanatos ordering a like a gigantic balloon with his face on it for the Macy's Day Parade. Well, Xanatos is in the plot because he's a singular character who pushes events forward. Um. Goliath is in the plot because he's this gigantic fantasy creature. Sure. Um, Maza's in the plot because she showed up at the right time. Yeah, and she, <laughs> she doesn't have... Yeah, she no, she doesn't have, like, much of a motivation to stay inside the plot. So what I'm saying is the lens is focusing on the plot, and Maza is very rarely there. Sure. So I uh, one maybe slight weakness to her character is just that I didn't see more of it. I couldn't really contextualize her 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 personality or character with other things in her life mm-hmm. because this is all we see. Yeah, they don't spend a ton of time on like random humans. No, I mean you know I'm, this show was already like filled to the brim as it was so it like i forgive it <laughs> yeah if but we, it if is we look at I random noticed. humans we're not gonna have time to find out what the hell xanatos is doing uh, it's impossible not to figure out what he's doing he's winning oh yes i forgot that's all you need to know and cartoon charlie sheen there's a uh, there's also some idiot gargoyles basically the three the three stooges <laughs> yeah what are they so brooklyn uh lexington and broadway Broadway, yeah. Which one of them's fat, one of them's small, one of them's pretty average from Greece. 
name is Tony or something. <laughs> and they also got that like gargoyle dog. Yeah, Bronx. <laughs> Which who, I'm con- like, hey, let me tell you something. If you were to guess who voiced Bronx, what would you guess? I, it has to be Frank Welker. It is Frank Welker. <laughs> it's always Frank Welker. <laughs> yeah. Dog Goyle. Why no wings? <laughs> if it's a half dog character, it's voiced by Frank Welker. <laughs> you know, here's a, here's the thing that you might not know. Um, this show was of such popularity that, uh, there was something called Ask Greg, which is this like internet Greg uh, Wiseman? forum. Yeah, where people say, hey, what the fuck was up with the, what was up with the dog goyle? And he's like, it's not quite a dog and it's not quite a gargoyle. <laughs> Gargoyle's best friend. Yeah, Gargoyle's best friend. Yeah, but like, Greg uh, had this forum where people could ask gargoyle based questions and it was fairly popular for a while. Huh. And that's where a lot of the lore came from is just basically word of God. They huh. just asked him. Which is pretty cool. Any tidbits that you remember? Oh, uh, that was the main one. That one's pretty cool. Yeah. I, li- I like that because it's a fantasy setting. There's wizards, there's gods, there's gargoyles. And then I'm just always wonder. I'm always hung up on like, so this thing, is it a dog? <laughs> so the dog, is this a dog? Is it a gargoyle? What are you hiding? Like, I can't just accept that there's one special gargoyle. <laughs> no, no, no. Like there's, there's plenty. Like they like you got, I don't know. It's roast beef. Roast beef. Yeah, I don't know. Sorry. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> My brain didn't work for a minute. <laughs> it's 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 a weird thing. I, um, I don't know what it is. But the um, so the the gargoyles, those three gargoyles, um, mm. they're so different from Goliath. I have to wonder, like, how. Did, did, was Goliath around longer? Where did the gargoyles yeah, come from? You know, that's a good point. And uh, in the intro episodes, they're kind of the fuck-up gargoyles. They're like teenagers. <laughs> yeah. And how often do you see someone in a position of political and authoritative power acting like teenagers? You know? So mm-hmm. it's showing that gar- Goliath isn't just serious because he's a gargoyle. It's showing that his personality is a facet of his responsible. Uh, the responsibility thrust upon him. Yeah, he's he's the de facto dad. Yeah, he's the dad of the group, yeah. President for life. <laughs> yep. Here are the people, Gar- uh, Goliath. That's right. Um, so shall uh, we there go... There is oh, yep. one more uh, gargoyle that we left out at some point, which is Hudson. Yeah, Oldman. Yeah, who is Long John Silver? He's kind of just there. He's just an old guy who is there to make old person jokes yeah <laughs> he's like the most human of the lot just because like he legitimately sits on a lazy boy watches tv and pets bronx's head he like starts <laughs> learns how to read so he can read the newspaper there's <laughs> a, pretty funny there's this weird occasional family sitcom vibe that shows up <laughs> it, it happens from time to time let's like, talk about the tone well yeah so they they develop this relationship where, like, they're all waiting around at sunrise to wait for everyone to come home, like, before curfew. And, like, they act like a family. And a lot of the show is just, like, them adjusting to modern life. Like, this could easily have been played as a comedy. Yeah. I mean, anachronism lends itself to comedy fairly easily. Yeah, like, and they see the a helicopter, Abbas- it's a great iron dragon. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. What is this sorcery? <laughs> Which I always, I always like that. Yeah, th- those are my favorite parts. Uh, where watching Xanatos try to explain shit from the present in medieval terms is just—it's a fun bit whenever it comes up. Because mm-hmm. like it, it also gives him like the only amount of resistance that Xanatos maybe ever has is just trying to explain what he wants the gargoyles to do and convincing them that it makes sense. <laughs> There's like this huge language barrier between the two. Yeah, it, that's really what it is. <laughs> yeah. So that's pretty fun. That um, is. Um, but it's not nearly a comedy. Like, this is a gritty and grim setting. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, the bits of levity, you know, they... they they serve to like have a little joke here and there, but they're they're not. It's not the point. Yeah, exactly. Like this is like like people keep saying like Disney made this. Like this is pretty dark. In the first very first episode, Goliath blocks a sword with his hand, and he starts bleeding from his hand. Yeah, blood comes out of his hand from blocking a sword. Which, that might you know, not sound like a big deal that makes if sense. you're, like, the kind of person who goes and watches any other form of media. But this does that doesn't happen in cartoons. <laughs> well, the guy, said, Disney. the guy said that he was inspired by that gummy bear show, so maybe it was gummy bear juice. <laughs> it's just raspberry jam. <laughs> it's also, um, the although it's, like, a grim and gritty setting, it's not like an arrow where everything's depressing by the end of the show. Like, it's a pretty yeah, triumphant moral tone. There's a hope there. Yeah, tomorrow will be even better. And it's usually shown, like, a lot of episodes end with the sun rising. Um, sure. Which kind of gives, you know, it gives the heroes this moment of rest. Yeah. And also says, like, hey, the world will be better soon, even though they <laughs> themselves can't appreciate the sunlight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, a crime-laden city with, Heroic figures that are being challenged at every step of the way really did remind me of Dresden Files because Harry Dresden is just ridiculously selfless, and so are they, kind of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, running that yeah. balance between protecting those you care about, protecting people in general, and getting revenge. <laughs> yeah, well, and keeping your morals in in, in check. Sure. Uh, but for all the drama, they're not afraid to go unrealistic. Oh, there's so much, like, fantasy elements. Um, there's a lot of references to Shakespeare and to, you know, stuff like that. So there, you'll have gods like Odin, but there will also be, like, Oberon and Titania and, you know, <laughs> other stuff like that that just kind of shows up and you're just like, well, okay. Uh, there's also, like, non-fantastical elements of unrealism. Like, there oh, yeah? was one time where Goliath and I think Lexington are being pursued up to a rooftop. And the people tracking them find hundreds of gargoyles on the rooftop. Yeah. What's... In the way that no rooftop would actually have. <laughs> That's right. And, and you see that, and your brain just seizes up for a second. Because, like, I, I thought I was watching this grim and gritty scene. They're running for their lives. And then it's just like, oh, House of Mirrors. <laughs> also, even though they're kind of dull tones, like, the gargoyles have color. Like, they're clearly, like, living flesh. They're not made of stone. So that's what bothered me during that scene. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, it, it was the shadows of it. Like, I let it go. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, that was an interesting episode just in the way that the fighting worked. And, and I thought some of the fight scenes were very engaging to watch because they they aren't 
like super powerful. Like they're not Superman figures. They can be no. like you said, wounded by swords, sometimes vulnerable to bullets, you know, trank dart, anything like that. Mm-hmm. And they kind of have to use the unknown city to their advantage. Oh, you found that to be the case? I, I found yeah, the they're opposite always, to be true. They're always um, coming out of the sky, landing in alleyways, beating up people, and then climbing something to get away before anybody notices being, just them. Just being Batman as fuck. Yeah, it's total Batman. <laughs> uh, I was going to say that the gargoyles are really not that bright <laughs> in, in combat. <laughs> right. Aside from Goliath, they get stuff done mostly just by ripping a, r- ripping it apart. <laughs> hmm. Have you ever noticed when like they get caught in a room, like... And they like, well, we need an exit. And they just like open up the side of the room. Yeah. <laughs> and just walk out. I have noticed. I saw that, that happen five times. I have noticed that battles without Gargoyle, without Goliath don't tend to go great. But, mm. and battles with Goliath. So I really think he's the tactical brains of the situation. Like he's pulling, this isn't a, um, you know, a, a team where everybody's serving a function. Goliath's in charge because Goliath's the best at everything, and like you said, everyone else is the Three Stooges. Yeah, pretty much. Bronx is pretty. He he has his moments in the sun though. And in the later episodes, like it's just Goliath. I think there was like a few episodes spinoff or something just called like Adventures of Goliath or something. Goliath is definitely the most compelling par- character, but he's not above just like cutting to the chase with those scenes. Like literally, one time they get caught in a trap room. And Goliath just rips open the wall and saunters out. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> just because it's a he just brute out. <laughs> nope. Just because it's a brutish tool doesn't mean it's not the right one. <laughs> no, ag- agreed. And you know, this archaic fantasy slash futuristic metroscape actually does allow for some <laughs> extremely silly scenes to come out of nowhere, like gargoyles fighting robogoyles atop a castle while xanatos just kind of watches them it's like i think what we can express about the tone here is just breadth yeah it's if you like a thing watch gargoyles (laughs) you will get that thing unless you like being able to jump in and out of a series (laughs) Um. sure of course but you get a little bit of sympathy uh, pleasure from having Goliath jump in and out of whatever building he's in. <laughs> sure. So there's that. Should we go into animation? I would love to go into animation. Um, so I've mentioned this a couple times, the whole the way that it's reminiscent to Batman, um, but the perspective yeah. of the buildings, the way that the bodies and faces are drawn, this is it, it's it's so close to the, co- to the cloth. I was, uh, I was mainly looking at the characters and that all the gargoyles do that wrap their cloak around them in the shadows mm. thing yeah badass cloaks and capes with Just... wing clasps in the front <laughs> that's awesome that is absolutely brilliant <laughs> yeah <laughs> um anything that makes this... you look like batman can't be bad there's not there's a lot of nice little touches with um you know, just just the way that they're standing, or the way that p- certain parts of their bodies are emphasized. To you know, it it, it shows oh, sure. it shows their you can stances. tell when their stance is like predatory as opposed to like fight mm-hmm. or flight mode. Yeah, it's almost cat like in a, in a way. Yeah, it's it's you you get the feeling like you're facing down a wolf in the forest or something. And it, I don't know if you notice this. Sometimes when they're in like a really engaging fight, their eyes lose eyes glow. their their eyes lose their pupils. Yeah, they're sometimes in like this, they'll also glow. They're in like this feral mode. Yeah, totally. 
So I'm I, I big into this. That's one aspect I actually wish I'd seen more of. Mm-hmm. Because such a big thing about the show is they're not people. We're our own kind. We can't trust these other people. And sometimes the humans are like, they're just gargoyles. You know, they're not really human. This would have definitely brought that uh, that conflict to the forefront. Mm-hmm. If they if they displayed more of the feral aspects of their nature and less of the gentlemanly qualities, but yeah, like and at that point you're kind of undercutting Goliath's character, so you can't really do it. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was it was very cool to see the eyes glow like that. Yeah, and um, in the fight scenes themselves, um, just a lot of motion and a lot of. Um, I, I it's thought not in, lazy. I it's thought not interesting lazy choreography. No, very, very tight choreography. I think, and um, like it works well. Par- partially looking at music, it like the music will change in response to actions so quickly. It like goes in and out of dramatic actions without losing momentum, and the combination of that and the tight choreography just these fight scenes are really engaging. Yeah, it, they're they're pretty darn good. Um, I. I don't think they're like Samurai Jack levels of cinematography and action scenes, but they're no, they're like they're like not pushing the boundaries, but they're doing a good job with the boundaries they have. With with Samurai Jack or something like a like a Jackie Chan Adventures, you have a single character who is the fulcrum that the action takes place around. Mm. Um, in Gargoyles, there it's are spread several. Out around five it's spread out. So. There's more characters. You can have sort of alley oops and jumping over things. So <laughs> it's more dynamic, but it's maybe a little harder to follow. Yeah, yeah, maybe a little bit. Although they do a pretty good job of, uh, you know, in Generator Rex, one of the things about the action was just that it was focusing on too many people at once. This mm-hmm. does a pretty good job of just focusing on one person at one time. Yeah, and I think the um one thing in Lord of the Rings movies that really gets my gets my that irks my jerk is yeah. just is just that I can't fucking tell what's happening during the fight scenes. I don't know if I'm stupid or something. No, so I just cameras going back and forth. People are walking in front of it. There's a bunch of sounds. The camera's shaking. Like it's probably raining and the, all the elves look the same. I don't have a clue what's going on. So I just read that um, American cinema pretty much ruined action movies. (laughs) Over over the past, like, 30 years or so, uh, like, 30 years ago, the average amount of time between, you know, cuts to a different perspective during an action scene was, like, 10 seconds. Nowadays, it's, like, two seconds. Jeez. So. What's the draw? I don't know. I don't know. I, I I think it's just easier to do because you don't need as you don't need to work as long to, at a yeah. single take and you want to yeah. do it in post, but it's I agree. You know, give me an old style, you know, Ong Bak or uh, you know, an old Jackie Chan. That that's shit, man, give me a fucking good, bad and the ugly. <laughs> yeah. Just keep the perspective the same so that I know what's going on. And that's yeah, what or do a children of men thing where you don't change the shot for ten fucking minutes. <laughs> I'm swearing a lot today. That's all right. <laughs> Um, in Gargoyles, it works because they fight in, like, alleyways, so it's like, okay, well, I'm either looking in this direction or the opposite direction. There's not a lot of, not a lot of options. It's pretty good, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and they, they generally split the group up. They're not always fighting in the same spot. You get maybe two Gargoyles to a, to a, to a, to a, to a team. 
it's a hard thing to do like an ensemble superhero group and i'm sure we'll look at this again with uh larger superhero shows Mm. um the way you want to do it is have a couple of characters in a given episode and then occasionally bring everybody out young justice is really good for that oh it's such a great show (laughs) yeah this is um, very old justice. This is this is ancient justice. <laughs> <laughs> the laws of mortals mean nothing to beings who live for a thousand years. <laughs> it was just fun to do his voice. Uh, yeah. The other thing, main thing in animation is just that uh, there was a lot of there was a lot of lighting effects that were going on. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you focus on it, but there's some really cool dawn to dusk transitions. And or or the reverse, and lurking in shadows, you have that Batman reveals who he is, like who's there? Yeah, <laughs> and he steps into the light. And it's like, oh shit, it's Batman. Yeah. Uh, so there's a lot of good stuff with that, and there's just a lot of good chiaroscuro going on. One thing that I always enjoyed was them uh, turning from stone back into flesh. Yeah, and just like breaking out of it and like stretching and yawning. Yeah, they like. F- Flex to rip open the tiny shirt. <laughs> it's like you want to be buff like me and crack out of a statue. Then you need to order my video for nineteen ninety nine. Become a gargoyle. <laughs> Become a gargoyle. The ladies love it. Um, Let's go into music and sound. <laughs> it's a good theme. It's pretty the theme strong. Song is catchy. Overused. Uh, however, I think that music is probably the weakest part of this show. Really? Yeah. The action especially has is appropriate is appropriately like orchestral. Yeah, very active, very flexible orchestration. It gets tired pretty quickly for my tastes. Probably because um, the show is mostly action. <laughs> yeah. Like there's so much of it that you're usually hearing orchestra. And well, I just got sick of it. I like I like the music that they use during the action scenes, and I didn't notice it. You know, I didn't. I didn't watch several in a row ev- at a, at any point. Mm. Um, I liked that main theme with the one lone trumpet just fanfaring a battle cry. Yeah, um, you know, I, this I, is I, a good time for Goliath to step out of the shadows. Well, that's what he is. He's the one lone like force pounding through a dark world like yeah, that's exactly what it sounds like in the night certainly yeah it's what it sounds like i agree like the theme is the best part of the music overall i feel like the music is weak um, or maybe I, not weak so much as much weaker than the other aspects of the show i would agree with that i didn't notice it over much it's just it's just all when you have a show that does so much action and you've got one kind of music for the action you just end up hearing it over and over yeah, and if you use if you use the same music for, you know, for everything all mm. over, it means that you you know weren't concerned with making two themes. Yeah, yeah, and so that was just kind of a weakness. But the dialogue is excellent. Oh, just everyone speaking so dramatically. Oh yeah, interpersonal quarrels between the gargoyles about their nature and their like place in the new world is so. It's. It's textured conversations. You, you'll you have, like, that soap opera thing where, like, someone will say something and it could mean two things and the other person will just kind of have, like, this grimace, like, oh, how did he take that? What is mm-hmm. he thinking about? 
I'm trying to think of any specific instances of great dialogue. I feel like anything Goliath says to one of the other gargoyles. Shit, dude. Anything that Xanatos says to himself. <laughs> yeah, this is real good. Always bet on black. I got this. <laughs> <laughs> Does he talk like that? I don't know. <laughs> Honestly, when, whenever I, he's I think... talking to his butler, it's always very conspiratorial. Mm-hmm. Feels, I, I didn't feels very cool. I didn't intend to, but I think the later episodes that I just randomly clicked on didn't generally have him in it that's a shame yeah going through a few of the plot lines just uh just reading them it seemed like he instigates a lot of the plots yeah without any indication until the very end i'd love to see more of him but oh yeah yeah i don't i don't have the back i don't have the strength to go through a bunch of gargoyles i think just because of the you know it's interesting and it's well done but i feel like you're gonna need your strength for our, our for two episodes from now. <laughs> yeah, but I so, think I think like the pacing, the way that they reveal the macro plot is it's just too too little per episode. The reveal density is low. Um, mm-hmm. So like I, if there were like a few really important episodes to watch, I would absolutely do that. But I feel like it's just like a couple of points moving forward every episode. Yeah, yeah, you you can't really, like, I was trying to watch from the beginning and, like, okay, I'm just gonna figure out where they start, and then I'm gonna jump ahead into an arc three or four, like, like uh, a season into the future or something. Mm. But I never got to the point at which I felt like I had all the context that I would need for any <laughs> random arc. No. There's just too much stuff going on. We didn't talk about Demona at all. Yeah, I didn't like her that much. All right. <laughs> just realize, for, for the fans, um... Well, you know what? Actually, that'll relate to one of our comments. So let's let's. Um, any thoughts on the intro? Uh, you know what? I only watched it maybe like once. It's basically just like a, it's that theme again. It's a supercut of the like the awakening arc. <laughs> yeah, which it's, is not bad. Yeah, you watch Goliath punch a guy. You watch Goliath climb up a building. Done. You watch Goliath scream to heaven. One thing we didn't talk about uh, in the animation, or maybe it's tone, or maybe it's just characters. Is that when the gargoyles are in a place where they're not able to fly, they just fucking climb up the wall, puncturing yeah. its surface the entire time, <laughs> and it's loud as hell each time they do it because, of course, it is. Yeah, they're just crunching you're punching into, a hole the into a stone. concrete wall. It looks just... awesome. <laughs> the dark side of Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah, Spider-Man. It's a very special episode of Spider-Man on roids. <laughs> um. I like how there's this long conflict where they're trying to stay hidden from human society. Yeah. And, you know, they try not to leave clues, but a lot of it's really obvious. Well, it's the thing, like, we talked about it in Our Real Monsters once before. Like, they just have to stay below a certain threshold such that when people start talking about gargoyles, they're dismissed as crazy. So as long as there's only a few hunters that see Bigfoot, it's no big deal. Mm Mm-hmm. So uh, we're pretty much done, but we have one one thing I wanted to say is, first of all, um, just for in case you were wondering, in addition to a fan base, a fan community that spawned this website, Ask Greg, um, you, there's also a, there was a convention for a while called the Gathering of the Gargoyles, Ooh. which was... Which started in 1997 and ended in 2009, and basically had several regular guests close to the Gargoyles franchise. So, like, the voice actors and Greg Wiseman would show up, um, and 
a bunch of people would show up in their favorite gargoyle costumes, which I would love to see. <laughs> so that that I thought that was really cool. Who who and, would you like to dress up as, Ben? Oof, good question. Probably Hudson. He seems like the most fun to act like. But maybe I just loved Long John Silver too much. I liked Brooklyn a lot. Actually. Yeah, I liked the way that Brooklyn looked. Yeah, he's probably the scariest looking of the bunch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because um, he's not overly fat or overly small or overly old he's or sort overly of, tall. He's got like a weird, like darker vampire emaciation to him, and then just like this horrible, like sna- te- toothed snout face. Yeah, he it's looks more cool. like a vampire dragon than a yeah, <laughs> yeah, vampire dragon. Um, so that that was that was just a little bit of internet love that I wanted to share. Nice. Yep, and then we also have uh, a few comments, because, Sweet. like he, man, people like this show a lot, and we asked for the for a couple people to talk about them, and the call uh, came back. Uh, Zane, do you want to read any of them? Uh, I don't have them in front of me, if you want okay. to take care of them. No, I'll, I'll take care of it as well. Um, so we have from Devin, uh, who says, I can't remember anything specific. I haven't watched it since I was a kid. I just remember playing gargoyles in the backyard with my brother and how badass it was. Demona was the cat woman to Goliath's Batman. (laughs) Somebody else talking about Batman. I'm telling you, man. (laughs) Incidentally, they were two of my favorite characters to play as a kid. Wonder what that says about me. Devin, (laughs) probably nothing good, but who are we to cast stones? (laughs) Means you like we want to be Hudson, so like, <laughs> yeah, we're not. We're not, not the best judges of character. We, I didn't. We won't judge you for that. You know, I didn't. Maybe there's more depth to Demona than I thought. I didn't yeah, get we much didn't out really of her other than her. like she's evil for some reason. So as far as I got with her, it's good that they had this five episode intro because they set up the Goliath's ex girlfriend Demona as being really spiteful about the whole human betrayal a thousand years ago thing, and she doesn't trust humans anymore and actually becomes one of the main antagonists. Yeah, which is neat. I just didn't see a whole lot of her. It is cool, and it would not work in a show which didn't have a structured plot like this because it would go too fast. Mm Mm-hmm. But it's cool that Devin says that uh, she's the Catwoman to Goliath's Batman. (laughs) Yeah. Makes me wonder if maybe Demona is, you know, slowly coming back around to his way of thinking. What you don't want is to be, you know, in the yard playing gargoyles and you're, you're Xanatos. Yeah. Because <laughs> then, then you're just, like, drawing out plans and then, you know, gargoyle, uh, Goliath moves three feet to the left and you have to scrap the whole thing. And <laughs> Yeah, you're basically playing Final Fantasy Tactics at some point. <laughs> <laughs> which is also fine. Yeah. Like, I, I don't, I'm not sure which, who, who she, she probably played Demona, and I guess her brother maybe played Goliath and or Brooklyn or maybe Bronx. I feel like <laughs> acting like a dog sometimes is just fun. Woof woof. Woof woof. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Thanks so much, Devin. It's good mm-hmm. to see that we're not the only people who want to talk about Batman all the time. <laughs> and did you have other comments? Yeah, we had one more, uh, from John B., who first simply said, gargoyles was a fantastic cartoon which seconded seconded thirded uh it's pretty great and uh then he 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 elaborated a little bit which by saying uh he hasn't watched in a while but the animation and the character design is pretty sweet and i i uh, like 
we're kind of reiterating here, but like we said, the, the animation and character, like the character design is probably the strongest aspect of the animation, and the animation oh, yeah. is one of the most cool aspects of the whole show. I didn't check to see if there were like action figures or like plushies or whatever, but I got to imagine. I, I I would, I'm definitely going to put like a little, uh, maybe like Hudson in a, like, like you could have Hudson next to Aku just flipping through channels. <laughs> yeah. You know? <laughs> Talking yeah. about talking about how the world grew up too fast. Mm-hmm. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, I I definitely agree that uh, you know if you make good characters and design them well and make them look good, kids will tune in. Oh yeah, you totally. Know? Yeah, it, like I mean, and the fact that, evidence is that, and the fact that this had like an engaging plot that kept people coming back episode after episode, like. I feel like the reason it becomes a cult classic for so many is because they it hits them early, and mm-hmm. there's just there's so much there. Well, it was at the right time to capture like '90s kids who were feral for animation. <laughs> Good word. Yeah. yeah, no, absolutely. Like that is exactly how to describe. Like, look at BuzzFeed. Top things you never knew about uh, being feral. Hey, Arnold's vicious chode. Like, <laughs> it happens all the time. It's crazy. Hmm. But uh, so, yeah, like it's it's no surprise that this was such a hit, and I I can con- I can now confirm that it is a deserved hit. Hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Thanks are so there much, any, John B. Do you know any of the? Are there any shows that are like cult anti classics? Like, is there anything from the '90s that '90 '90s kids all agree are terrible? Um. Like Kablam. The, the, the ones that are that bad. Well, Kablam's not that bad. It's at least different. Have you watched it recently? Just shut up a second. No, I haven't. <laughs> but, uh, like, if you have something that's not good, it doesn't get watched much. That's fair. So it's, it's hard to, it's hard to make that kind of, yeah. it's hard to come down musing. on either side of that argument. Just musing. Mm-hmm. Yep. Alright, so. You, I would, I like to refer to you as my muse from time to time. Alright. <laughs> so yeah, I would say in, in total, Gargoyles, good show. I I, I will go, I'll go beyond that. I think it was a great show. Like, I I <laughs> I think it's kind of like um, Big O in that it was a better show than I could handle it being. I that's that's a hard comparison to make. <laughs> like I, just be, it, not because one this things. one's not good, but because Big O is too weird to kind of classify. Succinctly. That's true. What I mean is there's. There's so much here that if I went through and watched, I could get a lot more out of it, um, mm. but I'm not going to. Yeah, no, and, you know, like, I, I might again revisit this at some point, but this is just... I grow weary of the humans' interactions. <laughs> well, I'm not going to keep Gar- Goliath waiting. But, yeah, I, I think this is a great show. This is easily in my top five for the podcast. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, definitely. Well, um... I have doubts that the next one will be, but we'll find out. Next up, <laughs> we are going to check out The Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy. Mm-hmm. Yep. Just in time for... Ha- oh, wait. It's not Halloween, man. <laughs> you didn't time this one very well. I'm terribly sorry. What is it? May Day? Yeah. Do that? Watch out, watch out for spooky May Day. <laughs> um, yeah. So, Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy. I remember, uh, I remember a good amount of this show. Not a ton, but not a little. So it'll be interesting watching it again. I watched a couple episodes um, today. Mm. You know, I 
I think it's going to have higher highs and lower lows than Gargoyles, which I felt <laughs> was pretty consistent throughout the board. Yeah, that might be just kind of, well, I don't know how to, I don't know how I feel about it. Guess yeah. we'll find out. Yeah. <laughs> it does have a Jamaican death. So I love anything where death is a character. And I love anything where a character is Jamaican. And so what are we going to watch after that? Uh, next, the next show we're going to watch after that is something that you'd expect a Jamaican to show up on, but does not. Um, the next thing we're going to watch, I wanted to do something Kids WB again, or maybe for the first time, I I don't really remember. We don't take great notes, people. And (laughs) this is sort of this, I don't, it's an odd category of show where, um, it's, it's sort of like a collection arc, like a fantasy collection arc, sort of like Pokemon, but this one's a weird one. It's not quite a Mon show, so we can definitely do that one later on, but we're going to be watching for next time something called Shaolin Showdown. <laughs> Ooh. I'm still not sure what a Shaolin is. You, you know what this show is, though. I know what showdowns are. There's someone named Jack Spicer in this show. I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in for the spicy business. Yeah. It's like Van Clays. Okay. Sold. <laughs> what? So, yeah. can you, do you know, like, can you give me like a brief rundown of what it's about? Oh, okay. Uh, I don't, think, try I don't for, think I have any context for this it. This is just from my memory, but four kids uh, train in a monastery. One of them is Ang. One of them is a punk from New Jersey. One of them is some lady. And just one of those elements things? And one of them is a Texan. Yeah, they all have a special element. So okay. basically the Avatar and his gang, like, every so often an artifact will show up in, like, sort of a get-the-smash-ball sort of sense. Like, it'll just show up somewhere, and they and the villain team have to try to battle for it. And when they both get to it, they have a massive battle, and they agree on previous artifacts that they arm themselves with for the battle, and winner takes all. Oh yeah, I'm 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 looking up some pictures. Yeah, this looks vaguely familiar. It's it's pretty weird. I definitely haven't seen it, but I'm mm. not immediately against it. We're not doing Jackie Chan adventures yet, so I figured <laughs> I'd give us a little something to tide us by. I see. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. definitely a Texan. Yep, <laughs> you could say that about him with certainty. All right, I'm in. Yeah, you don't have a choice. And if you would like to be in, um, go ahead and like us or leave a review or a comment for either of those shows on Facebook. Yeah, we'll pretty much read anything you put on there. <laughs> we'll read anything. Praise, so, did confusion. I t- so did I ever tell you, um, back one summer when I was working in an office, there was a radio program. There was like a, 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 like a radio station, and that mm. was their motto. Their motto was, we'll play anything. That's awesome. They were like a variety show. And every time they said it, I said to the person working next to me, we'll play anything. We'll play the sound of a llama slowly crying. We'll play anything. (laughs) (laughs) And every time I would have to come up with a new one. (laughs) That's pretty good. It's not bad. No, I like that. We'll play the sounds of a 250-pound man eating a 150-pound man. (laughs) We'll play anything. Yeah, that that's that's always a fun sentence when you yeah. <laughs> when you like start with a number of a thing and then a different number of a thing. Yeah, my general rule for humor is if one thing is funny, two of it is funnier. Yeah, Shaga is of the opinion that three axes is better than two. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, same thing. 
All right. Uh, but yeah, um, if you like us, go ahead and tell us on Facebook and drop a comment about our upcoming shows. You can go ahead and suggest a show on our website, the, uh, www.cartoncast.com. I swear we read it. People just don't suggest things. Uh, <laughs> I did get a suggestion fairly recently on there for a show that I'm having a hard time finding. But if we can find enough episodes of it, I really want to do it. All right. So, uh, and then um, uh, and just we... tell your friends about the show. And we have a movie, uh, a bootleg segment oh, coming up yes. soon as well. So if somebody has suggestions for that, let us know. Don't make it land before time. We've had this Please discussion no. amongst ourselves. We won't do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but yeah. Um, the sun rises. Our broadcast must end. All according to plan. It's all